0: Yes, it was uh, a couple of weeks ago that William Shatner became the oldest person mm. to go to outer space.
1: 91? As, was he 93?
0: 90. I, oh.
1: Mm, 90. Okay, we've all got a different <laughs> image of him.
0: Uh, but the oldest to go to outer space, and it was just so unique because obviously with him in Star Trek, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's already knew he was outer space. Amazing. But he did go on Jeff Bezos' uh Rocket ship? Mm-hmm. Do we call it a rocket ship? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The doodle rocket ship? The doodle rocket ship. He, of course, is the owner of Amazon. And this is how William Shatner explained it when he landed. What you have given me is the most profound experience I can imagine. Uh, I'm so filled with emotion about what just happened. I, I just, it's extraordinary. I hope I never recover from this. I hope that I can maintain what i feel now i i don't want to lose it the vulnerability
1: of everything it's so small that's what i saw that's amazing i am i am overwhelmed
0: there was another person on board that didn't get enough attention we think yes so we're going to give it to him now dr chris Boshausen. good morning
2: Hey, guys, you, you're all too kind. Thank you. <laughs>
0: so you're you're an Australian physicist and also former NASA engineer. You're obviously living over in the States now?
2: Yeah, yeah I live in San Francisco, currently on holidays in Los Angeles. And you're a
0: space nut. Um, what was it like to go on that flight?
2: It was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah, I think I'm glad that, that William Shatner was there. He played a bit of what he said because he could actually – say the words I was feeling in my heart, but it was like a really shocking and profound experience.
1: What an amazing set of circumstances to be the third Australian to fly into space. Hey, tick that box. That's amazing to be one of the first um, people to do the space flights, not through NASA and whatnot. Another box tick. And then you're on a spaceship with captain Frickin Kirk.
2: Yeah, I couldn't have planned that. (laughs) They they called and said, would you be okay with this? I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You should have said no. Say,
3: no, I bought it and I'm not allowing him. (laughs) Obviously, while it was making news headlines, it's such an amazing thing that you did. Everyone noticed the shape of the rocket and that it was quite phallic. Um, Did you and Shatner have a conversation about that? Did everyone who went on it... Also, make the same jokes that,
2: that we were all making. No, we uh, we had our eyes on the stars, and uh, you know, such such earthly humor was was beneath us. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of a little
0: bit more elite with their um, uh, intellect. But I don't believe you, Chris. Uh, I, I think you know. You
3: surely, when you took a glimpse at it, you were like, "Oh yeah, I see it."
2: Yeah, I, it, it crossed my mind, and I'm like, "That <laughs> resembles a mushroom or some sort. <laughs>
0: you when you you went up there. Do you, do you think that in how many years' time that's just going to be an experience for everyday people, for us just to do flights there?
2: I think a few people could do it really soon. Um, like it's at the price now that a group of uni students could do a fundraiser and send someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not like for everyone. It's not like everyone gets a ticket, but a group of 20 kids could raise money for one of them to go. Like a limo. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, because that's <laughs> yeah. what we used to do. For years yeah. 12 graduation, <laughs> people could go to outer space.
2: Yeah, send the MVP up and say, hey, well done, or something, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a thing. And so that's, that's like, really different than it used to be, right? You don't have to be an elite NASA astronaut yeah. to do it anymore, and I think that's, like, game-changing. How much did it cost? It cost a little bit of money. There was, <laughs> there was some money involved, I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, of how, how, when people return, like you heard William Shatner's um, stuff there, and, and mo- pretty much every astronaut I've ever talked to or, or heard them say it, say it is life-changing and life-defining do you think it would be actually be beneficial for the human race to send more people into space to get that perspective?
2: Yeah, you read my mind. Um, that's exactly it. It, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the way I liken it is like leaving home, right. Where as a human race, we're teenagers and we're making a mess in our room mm-hmm. and, um, mom's yelling, you know, at the climate conference, clean up your goddamn room and mm. we're not cleaning it up. <laughs> but at some point we've got to learn to leave home. And I didn't learn to clean up my room or cook for myself. till so I went to uni, mm. um, And so I think it's part of like the human race growing up for us to to leave home one day.
0: We spoke to Andy Thomas, um, of of course, the the astronaut, and Mm. he was saying that he wasn't really as much of an environmentalist until he'd been up to space for so many times and looked back on it and seen the changes. You know, do you think it sort of has that appreciation?
2: I think so. I mean, William Shatner, you know, Had said to me that he, you know, most people don't realize he's actually not a space guy. Even though he's played these space characters, Mm. he never really lived in the world of space reality and never gave it any thought. And so for him, he had, I think, a pure experience of what it's like to go up as a person. And in like a three day period, he showed up in training and then suddenly he was in space after just three days of, you know, starting to learn about it. And I think his reaction was genuine. It's pretty shocking, you know, just I I work in space. I kind of know a lot of this stuff. Mm. So I think my reaction was a bit more tempered. Yeah. But his was, was profound and real, I think.
1: Well, he's a country boy. He's a horse guy. likes his ranches and riding horses. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't really look up that often.
2: Right, exactly. I mean, you know, when, he, when he's not, uh, like you said, in the green screen, that's what he's doing with his time. Um, so, yes, it was, you know, it's interesting to watch how regular people starting to go up.
3: The flight itself, when it takes off, Uh, there's obviously a lot of g-force and stuff and i imagine that's the scariest part like the only thing i can sort of think would be a a roller coaster that same feeling like what what is that like how intense is it
2: well it's more like um if someone puts you in like a really fast car and hits the gas on a on a racetrack Mm -hmm. because it's the roller coaster is a lot of jerking and left and right and up and down and messing around but this is like sustained g-forces for like four minutes actually crazy that you know, the thing only pulls two and a half G on the way up, which is not that much. But after four minutes, you're going at over 3,000 kilometers an hour. Wow! Um, like Mach 1.5, to one and a half times the speed of sound. So it's pretty crazy how fast you can get. But basically, it's surprisingly smooth, ride. I was, I was, you know It's not like the movies. It's not like Interstellar or something where you see them taking off and everything shaking. Yeah, right. Um, on the way up, at least. It's a little bit different on the way down, but on the way up, it's... Really smooth. Do you get used
3: to that feeling though? Because you know what, when I say with a, at least on a roller coaster, there are moments at which it stops and then it kicks back in again. But if you're doing that for four minutes straight,
2: do you just get used to it? Or yeah, I think so. It's it, it just feels like it's very interesting. It's not something. We experienced day to day so mm. the whole time my brain was going, Wow, this is cool, this is weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um I think the, the craziest part though was when they turned the engine off because um you know on the gravity in on Earth when we were training we couldn't simulate these forces and so I didn't know really what they're gonna feel like. But so you've got all of this pressure and then suddenly the engine turned off um and Time had gone by so quickly. I thought it had turned off early, so I panicked for a moment. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then um, turns out we're in space, oh, <laughs> and um, wow. yeah, that's a really crazy feeling.
0: The weightlessness, just be oh.
3: yeah, yeah. Like one one minute you're like hectically speeding, and then all of a sudden you're just floating there. Please
0: tell me you turned to William Shatner and said, "I know that's not supposed to happen."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did almost say, say that, mm. <laughs> and, then, then, fr- and
1: then I realised. Do not! Oh, I know what's happening. Yeah, don't
0: freak out a ninety-year-old man, please.
1: <laughs> and then I know the um, I know the Elon Musk one was fully automated, and the the three people that he sent up, they just um, they didn't touch anything the entire time that the, the ship took control of itself. Was yours like that, or did you guys have to do anything like business-like and work while you were up there?
2: No, we didn't have to do anything either. Um, you know, on, a, on, a, on these kind of things, everything's scheduled and the computer has faster reaction times than us anyway, so they just don't want us messing with anything. Um, so, yeah, it's all, it's all on a schedule and went according to plan down to the second.
0: Mm. In your spare time, because you must have so much with what you actually achieve, you've got a, you're a DJ, so you've been making music. You're called Dr. Crispy, which is a great for, obviously, Dr. Chris. Um, is it true that you took a USB of your song list to outer space?
2: I took up some of my own music, but I also took up some some music from musicians all around the world. So I I had, um, mostly on Reddit, had about 400 musos from every country around the world send me in songs. All kinds of stuff, not just space stuff, but some folk music and indigenous music, some opera,
1: wow.
2: um, jazz, uh, folk music. And so I yeah, loaded all those up on a, <laughs> a Star Trek-shaped um, thumb drive <laughs> and uh, tucked it in my bag. We've got
3: some of the songs here, actually, that you do, of your tunes. You it's, do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever, well, you, yeah. I mean, I know you've been Have you space, ever heard but <laughs> you're about to get played on radio. <laughs> Have you ever been played on radio before? Uh,
1: here we go. Uh, not. Not proper. Professional <laughs> astronauts braving the unknown piloted primitive spacecraft into orbit.
3: No, I like it. It's music. <laughs>
2: you, know, you, know, you know who that voice is, right?
1: Is that Stephen Fry?
2: It is Stephen Fry.
1: Yeah, right. The Stephen Fry. Wow. I was going to wow. say David Attenborough. It
0: did sound like <laughs> David Attenborough. I was going to say, do the aliens like it? Yeah, it does. It does sound a little bit like that. Uh. And are you going to auction that off?
2: Um, Yeah, so we're going to, um, there's this, uh, organization called Musac that, uh, basically takes donations and then buys instruments and delivers them to, to schools and, um, youth communities all around the world to get young people playing instruments. You know, some people have like never seen an instrument before. Actually, there's a youth detention center, um, in Queensland that they visited two years ago and they brought them a whole bunch of guitars and stuff. Um, and, uh, that's mostly, you know, um, indigenous, um, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, um. Uh, people in that detention center, and a lot of them, you know, have messed up in their life, might not be getting out anytime soon. Mm. And um, music gives them some hope that there's maybe something else that they can, they can, they can become. Mm. Um, that you know, that they're, they're at, at age 16 or 18, they're not defined by the mistakes they've made. So I think the program's fantastic. So We're going to donate the USB thumb drive, raise them some cash, and use that to buy some more instruments to, to take the kids all around the world. Right. That's Excellent.
0: amazing.
3: Um and one last question if you do want to go on um Jeff Bezos's um rocket like you did I'm assuming you have to be an Amazon Prime member it's the only way to uh to order it <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that, that helps <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you if you want the two day shipping. Yes. <laughs> yes. You didn't say I use eBay when you no. went up, did you? No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, no.
1: You
3: know, it's like it was Amazon. If you sign up now, we'll deliver it for free. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, mate, nice to talk to you. You are the third ever Australian to fly into space. Thank you so much for calling through this morning. Thanks for having me. I uh, love chat.
0: Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your holiday as well. Thanks yes. for taking the call.
3: Thank you. Bye.